Thanks for tuning in. One of the things that makes a program like Outcasting possible is financial support from listeners like you. Please visit us at outcastingmedia.org and click on support to make your tax-deductible contribution. Thanks. A lot of these, uh, you know, these gangs have formed that are correctively raping women, lesbian women, and luring uh, young men out of their houses and then, you know, raping them with beer bottles and, you know, all these horrendous things that are happening. You know, they're not even treated as hate crimes. This is Outcasting, public broadcasting's youth-run radio show dealing with LGBTQ struggles, triumphs, lifestyles, and supreme strikedowns, where you don't have to be queer to be here. Outcasting is a production of Media for the Public Good in New York, online at mfpg.org. Hi, I'm Nicole. On this edition, we take a look at the 2014 Olympics and the controversy surrounding them caused by Russia's anti-LGBTQ policies. Our guests on this program are Brian Healy and Greg Luganis. Brian is the Programming and Social Media Coordinator for Athlete Ally, a nonprofit organization working to end homophobia and transphobia in sports by educating allies in the athletic community and empowering them to take a stand. Greg, of course, is a diver who has won multiple Olympic gold medals. He is also openly gay. In 2013, long after the resort city of Sochi in southern Russia had been selected to host the 2014 Winter Olympics, the Russian government, led by President Vladimir Putin, promulgated a law barring propaganda about non-traditional sexual relations aimed at minors. In an unofficial translation by the Russian LGBT network, the law, known as Article 6.21, states, Propaganda of non-traditional sexual relations among minors expressed in distribution of information that is aimed at the formation among minors of non-traditional sexual relations, misperceptions of the social equivalence of traditional and non-traditional sexual relations, or enforcing information about non-traditional sexual relations that evokes interest to such relations, is punishable by fines, administrative arrest, and possible deportation, with higher fines if the perpetrator disseminates the propaganda through media. This law is widely seen as an effort to suppress homosexuality in Russia and has resulted in arrests and violent attacks on LGBTQ people. Responses to this law have been varied. In the United States, LGBT activists, including Dan Savage and Harvey Firestein, have compared the situation to Nazi Germany in 1933. Mr. Savage has advocated the boycott of Russian vodka. President Obama has declined to have members of his family attend and has appointed three openly gay athletes to the U.S. delegation to the Games. The presidents of France and Germany will not attend. The German president is saying that he won't attend the Games in protest of human rights violations and oppression of members of the opposition in Russia. Other national leaders are also refusing to attend. Some have called for the U.S. to boycott the Games entirely. Others have noted that boycotts hurt the athletes who have spent their lives preparing for the Games, and that the appropriate entities to boycott are NBC, the network televising the Games in the United States, and the commercial sponsors. Is it consistent with the Olympics' values to hold the Games in a country that has a bad history of human rights violations? The official Olympic Charter includes a statement of fundamental principles. Principle 6 states, Any form of discrimination with regard to a country or a person on grounds of race, religion, politics, gender, or otherwise is incompatible with belonging to the Olympic movement. 
Brian Healy of Athlete Ally doesn't think the International Olympic Committee should have selected Russia to host the Games. Given the human rights violations, you know, it seems, it seems a poor choice to me. I think that from this, there's been so much media controversy swirling around this decision um, to have the Games in Sochi and the laws that are in place, the anti-propaganda laws. I think the IOC will have to, have to, look into human rights climates in the, in the host nation that they're choosing going forward. Absolutely. Olympics Rule 50 bars political, religious, or racial propaganda in Olympic sites, venues, or other areas. Would that provision bar any kind of statement, verbal or otherwise, by athletes or others associated with the Games about the Russian propaganda law? Again, Brian Healy. We don't consider this a matter of politics. We consider this a matter of principle. The Olympic Charter itself has a non-discrimination principle in it, Principle 6. LGBT rights are not political inherently. They're human rights. And human rights are not political rights. This isn't about marriage. This isn't about anything more than the freedom of the LGBT community in Russia and beyond to live openly and without fear of persecution or violence, which is the reality today in Russia. And by openly supporting Principle 6, Everyone can celebrate the values that inspire the Olympic Games and stand in solidarity with the LGBT community in Russia and around the world. That's sort of, you know, the overarching goal of this movement is to promote equality as a matter of principle over politics. Greg Luganis. What we want is for the IOC to enforce their own charter which in their own charter, Principle 6, states that they will not be part of any discrimination. And these laws clearly discriminate. We're asking uh, the IOC to be accountable and enforce their their own charter. I know that uh, the IOC has stated that they will enforce Principle 50, which is basically... No uh, political demonstrations will be tolerated. But then again, in Principle 50, if you read the entire thing, then it goes on about how large the, the, your sponsor's logo can be. So I'm not quite sure what Principle 50 is really trying to enforce. But Principle 6 is very, very clear. And it just basically states... No discrimination, race, religion, politics. A past president of the International Olympic Committee, Jacques Rogue, was quoted in a report in the Washington Post, saying, We have received some oral and written assurances about the fact that the Russian Federation will respect the Olympic Charter and no negative effect will occur for people attending or participating in the Games. But one should not forget that we are staging the Games in a sovereign state, and the IOC cannot be expected to have an influence on the sovereign affairs of a country. Boris Dittrich is the advocacy director of the LGBTQ rights program at Human Rights Watch, one of the world's leading independent organizations dedicated to defending and protecting human rights. In June 2013, he wrote a letter published on the Human Rights Watch website addressed to Christoph de Kepper, the director general of the International Olympic Committee in Switzerland. Outcaster Lester reads excerpts from the letter. 
This law is clearly incompatible with the Olympic Charter's promotion of human dignity, as well as a blatant violation of Russia's international legal obligations to guarantee non-discrimination and respect for freedom of expression. We note in particular that under the Olympic Charter, any form of discrimination against a person is deemed incompatible with belonging to the Olympic movement, and the IOC's role is explicitly to act against any form of discrimination affecting the Olympic movement. The law will ban dissemination among minors of any information promoting non-traditional sexual relationships and providing a distorted notion of social equivalence of traditional and non-traditional sexual relationships. The ban will apply to the press, television, radio, and the internet. Although the draft law does not define non-traditional, it is widely understood to mean lesbian, gay, and bisexual relationships. Under the guise of protecting children, this law encroaches on freedom of expression by effectively preventing any positive affirmation of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people. The law also censors information about equality, tolerance, public health, and other issues affecting the LGBT community. Equally alarming, the law implies that Russia's LGBT community is unnatural and alien, thereby demonizing LGBT people and activists in the public eye and possibly making them more vulnerable to harassment and physical attacks. In light of these serious developments, we also reiterate our recommendation that the IOC establish a standing mechanism to establish human rights benchmarks among Olympic host countries and monitor human rights in preparation for and during the Olympic Games. The entire text of Boris Titrick's letter is available on the Human Rights Watch website, hrw.org, and is linked at our website, mfpg.org. So what's the climate like now for LGBTQ people in Russia? Brian Healy. The Orthodox Church um, in Russia is, is very, very predominant in society, and this is sort of a move on the part of the government to sort of stay in line with those values. There's been a ton of of pushback in Russia from gay activists, but they're just sort of immediately put down and arrested when they're protesting in public. In fact, during the of the recent torch relay, as you know, the Olympics, the torch comes from wherever it may be, up through the nation, they arrested a guy for just holding a rainbow flag. Russia had officially decriminalized homosexuality in 1993, but anti-gay sentiment remains high. There are vigilante groups that go around trying to find gay people and terrorizing them and hurting them. And just it's, it's not a safe environment for LGBT people. Greg Luganis. A lot of these, uh, you know, these gangs have formed that are correctively raping women, lesbian women, and luring uh, young men out of their houses and then, you know, raping them with beer bottles and, you know, all these horrendous things that are happening. You know, they're not even treated as hate crimes. The United States has taken a stand against the Russian law. Brian Healy. The president made a statement with his delegation to Sochi with the fact that he's not sending anyone of his own family members there. Um, and the fact that he sent three, now three openly gay athletes as part of his delegation and made a statement about it 
to the press. So it's a strong statement on the part of the U.S. government, certainly, that you know equality is something that we value as a nation. The three openly gay athletes appointed to represent the United States on the White House delegation are the tennis legend Billie Jean King, the ice hockey player Caitlin Cahow, and the figure skater Brian Boitano, who publicly came out as gay after being named to the delegation, according to a report on NPR. Greg Luganis. I think by sending um, Billie Jean King and Caitlin and Brian Boitano um, as a part of the U.S. delegation is inclusion, is that these are, you know, incredible people. They happen to be gay and open about who they are and shows our support of our LGBT community. Um, you know, and it's not just the LGBT community. I mean, we, we have allies out there. We, we need to read out, reach out to our allies because they're going to be strong voices that are going to make a difference. The NPR report also said that many people have characterized the White House decision to appoint these three gay athletes to the delegation as a clear rebuke to Russia's controversial anti-gay laws. In an interview with Russian and foreign TV channels in January, President Vladimir Putin characterized the Russian propaganda law as a far gentler and liberal approach to homosexuality, when compared to other what he saw were 70 other countries in the world that criminalize homosexuality. He also cited the United States. The climate for LGBTQ people in the U.S. is clearly better than that in Russia. The U.S. Olympic Committee has amended its policy to bar discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. As mentioned earlier, Principle 6 of the Olympic Charter does not mention sexual orientation or gender identity specifically, but it is understood to prevent discrimination against LGBT people in its catch-all or otherwise language. Yet the climate here in the United States is far from ideal. Despite huge advances in the past few years, marriage equality exists in only a minority of U.S. states, and in most areas of the country, people can be fired from their jobs or denied service in public accommodations such as restaurants and hotels simply because they are gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender. LGBTQ people face discrimination, bullying, an elevated suicide rate, and all too frequently, violent attacks. But Brian Healy of Athlete Ally said that despite this, the U.S. is in a position to criticize the Russian law. I would say we certainly have a more inclusive climate in our country than in many, many other parts of the world. And I think the LGBT community has seen so much progress in the U.S., especially in the last year and a half to two years with the repeal of DOMA and Proposition 8 and the coming out of Jason Collins in sports and Robbie Rogers. I think we have done a lot of good work in this country for advocating for and improving the climate for LGBT people in the U.S. According to Brian, the French and German presidents won't attend. He said that the German president was particularly open in commenting that this is a horrible human rights violation. He said that Canada will send an LGBT member of its own government. So what might it be like for athletes and fans at the games in Sochi? Greg Luganis. I don't think that there's anything to fear about going to Sochi, and it'll be interesting to see what happens if there are demonstrations and how they're handled. That will be interesting. You know, we won't know until we get there. It'll be interesting to see how the media reacts to it. 
it's still yet to be tested. It's really a, a difficult line that Russia is trying to um, tote because they pass these laws and for these two weeks, you're going to suspend your own laws. That doesn't sound right. You have to be careful, too. I mean, the media in Russia is being controlled, so you don't know how they're going to spin things. Even you know the most innocent comment can be spun into something horrific. Greg also talked about his disappointment when NBC glossed over LGBT athletes at the Beijing Olympics in 2008. It was really disappointing for me and for the the Beijing Olympics when NBC can't even acknowledge uh, Matthew Mitchum's partner. They just referred to him as his friend. And it was, and he was out about who he was and that was his partner. It was just disturbing that NBC chose to kind of downplay that or, you know, it, it, it actually kind of brought more attention to it than if they just said, oh, yeah, this, you know, this is Matthew Mitchum's partner and they're celebrating his victory, you know, so that was pretty upsetting for me. Hopefully, they'll be able to be the commentators, you know, just call it like it is. If there's an out athlete, you know, it's an out athlete. So what? Who cares? You know, let them go kiss their partner or embrace or whatever, you know, celebrate however you want to. You know, because it's a very emotional uh, setting, you know, because the Olympics is kind of the holy grail of the whole sporting world. This is Outcasting, public broadcasting's youth-run radio show dealing with LGBTQ struggles, triumphs, lifestyles, and supreme strikedowns where you don't have to be queer to be here. Outcasting is a production of Media for the Public Good in New York, online at mfpg.org. We are talking about the 2014 Olympics and the anti-gay laws in Russia. Our guests on this program are Brian Healy and Greg Luganis. Brian is the Programming and Social Media Coordinator for Athlete Ally, a nonprofit organization working to end homophobia and transphobia in sports by educating allies in the athletic community and empowering them to take a stand. Greg, of course, is a diver who has won multiple Olympic gold medals. He is also openly gay. There's no question that hosting the Olympics brings international attention and prestige to the hosting country, not to mention huge revenues and tourism. So the question arises, should the IOC bestow these benefits on countries that do not live up to certain standards regarding human rights? Brian Healy. This certainly is an opportunity for LGBT rights activists to get media attention and to, to draw the spotlight onto this issue. Um, but we do believe that the IOC should strongly consider and take into account human rights violations and things like that in the nations they're selecting as host countries. We actually, um, back in late summer of 2013, strongly advocated for Spain for the 2020 Games the other two choices were Turkey and Japan. Turkey has horrible human rights violations, horrible LGBT rights violations, and Japan has sort of been ambiguous on it, so we we um, advocated for Spain. I believe Tokyo won the games, 
but we do believe that the IOC should take into consideration the, the climate for human rights in the nation when they're awarding host status for the cities that they do choose. We asked Greg whether the IOC, when choosing a location for the Olympics, considers factors like human rights. <laughs> you're, you're also making the assumption that um, the IOC is... Um, they're following all of these charters and all that. The saying that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely... I would say that the IOC falls in line there. They're not immune. So um, the only way to make them accountable is for the sponsors to force them to, to be accountable. So what does that accountability look like? Some people have called for the U.S. to boycott the games themselves. Greg Luganis doesn't think that's the appropriate response. Once these laws started going into effect. The LGBT community here in the United States was, their knee-jerk reaction was boycott, boycott, boycott. And I competed on two sides of two boycotts. And granted, I do agree that boycotts work when it comes to commerce and business. But when it comes to the Olympic Games, boycotts don't work. They hurt the wrong people. So I was kind of a lowly voice that was out there, um, you know, got a lot of hate mail from, you know, from the community saying that what a horrible, how can I call myself gay and, and support, you know, even going to those games and, and all that. But really, I mean, what I, I joined up with uh, Athlete Allies and All Out Sports. Athlete Allies is the USA group. All Out Sport is the international group for human rights and supporting the LGBT community. Our push is, is really to nurture those allies that we have. We have Brandon and Bendejo, who's straight, who's very outspoken and supportive of the LGBT community. Brian Healy. We've discerned from the past that Boycotts don't really work. It, it's better to, to show up and be visible and be in visible opposition to these laws rather than staying home and, and sort of leaving it as is. And again, it comes back to the athletes themselves. For us and for, for many of the Olympians we've spoken with, you know, gay, straight, or otherwise, it would be really, really unfortunate to prevent these great competitors who have worked their whole lives for this Olympic moment from, from having that moment. So we do not support a boycott. What can ordinary people do to register their opinion on holding the Olympics in Russia in light of this environment that is clearly hostile to LGBTQ people? Greg Luganis. I boycott the sponsors because that's where they live. That's what they're banking on. So if you're going to boycott anybody, boycott the sponsors. Have them send a clear message. Coca-Cola said that they were going to do something significant, but they keep pushing back their meeting time and letting us know what they are going to do in support of the LGBT community because they've been so supportive in the past. They're the ones who are holding all the cards. 
it's you know it's the sponsors you know it's NBC it's Coca-Cola it's uh, Procter and Gamble it's all of those major sponsors of the USOC IOC that have the capability of making a difference and making a statement it depends on on what how much action people truly want to take you know are they going to pay attention to what they buy where they where they put their money are they going to buy pepsi over coke are they going to use other products instead of procter and gamble products that's the power that we have as people as individuals to let our money do the talking we asked Brian Healy whether the Olympics in general, and bringing pressure on corporate sponsors particularly, can bring about change. I believe so. Um, whether or not the corporate interests can do anything to change the laws themselves, they can certainly bring awareness and advocate for change based on you know, the media's attention and their consumer's attention. Other options include engaging in social media and petitions and contacting the sponsors and NBC to share your opinions. Another option is the P6 campaign. Athlete Ally has teamed up with American Apparel, the fashion designer Alexander Wang, and a number of former and current athletes to create the Principle 6 or P6 campaign. Brian Healy. Principle 6 is the, the non-discrimination clause of the Olympic Charter, but it really took off when we enlisted the help of American Apparel along with a bunch of former athletes and, and current athletes. For example, um, NFL players Chris Cluey and Brendan Iambadejo, Scott Fujita and Dante Stallworth. Uh, tennis players like Martina Navratilova, Andy Roddick, James Blake, Marty Fish. Soccer players, MLS star uh, Robbie Rogers, who's also LGBT. Um, Steve Nash from the NBA, Jason Collins from the NBA, David Pocock, a rugby player from Australia, Nick Simmons, a runner from the U.S. who, after winning a silver medal at the Moscow Games, track and field games this past year, dedicated his medal to his LGBT friends and family. So what we've seen is that the voices of these athletes truly make this campaign powerful and invisible and and able to create change, and that's exactly what we've hoped would happen. And actually, we just announced Alexander Wang, who's a, a fashion designer, produced a line of Principle 6 beanies for us that are being sold online at Nordstrom and other online retailers, um, Bergdorf, Moda Operandi. So it's sort of become a movement that people see as as a clever way around the banning of political statements at the Olympics. It's, it's about principles, not politics. The proceeds are going to LGBT rights groups in Russia so that after this media moment of the Olympics dies down, we can sort of still help the Russian LGBT community to, to grow and to hopefully improve their, their second-class status in, in society. Brian Healy is the Program and Social Media Coordinator of Athlete Ally. We thank Brian and diving champion and multiple Olympic medalist Greg Luganis for sharing their thoughts with us. Links to articles and other materials relevant to this issue are posted on our website, mfpg.org. That's it for this edition of Outcasting. 
public broadcasting's youth-run radio show dealing with LGBTQ struggles, triumphs, lifestyles, and supreme strikedowns, where you don't have to be queer to be here. This program has been produced by the Outcasting team, including youth participants Lester, Josh, Travis, Sydney, and me, Nicole. Our executive producer is Mark Sofis. Outcasting is a production of Media for the Public Good in New York. To listen to this program or any other edition of Outcasting, visit us at mfpg.org. Connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Tumblr at Outcasting Media. I'm Adam. If you're having trouble, whether it's at home or school or just with yourself, call the Trevor Project hotline at 866-488-7386 or visit them online at thetrevorproject.org. The Trevor Project is an organization dedicated to LGBTQ youth suicide prevention. Call them if you have a problem. Seriously, don't be scared. They even have an online chat you can use if you don't want to talk on the phone. Being different isn't a reason to hate or hurt yourself. I'll say it one more time. 866-488-7386 or online at thetrevorproject.org. You can also find a link on our site outcastingmedia.org under Outcasting LGBTQ Resources I'm Nicole. Thanks for joining us. Tune in again next time. If you enjoyed this edition of Outcasting, please make your tax-deductible contribution today. We can't do programs like this without your support. To make your donation, please visit us at outcastingmedia.org and click on Support. And connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Outcasting Media. Thanks.